All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Cutlass Podcast. I hope this finds you well uh, as we journey along together to improve your leadership and management skills. Uh, and today I'm really excited uh, to host my guest, Jason Vander Hayden. Jason served as the 13th match chief petty officer of the Coast Guard. And that was uh, not too recently ago that he retired. So he served from 2018 to May of 2022. Uh, and now he works as the director of crew integration for Eastern Shipbuilding. And when he's not working a full-time job, he finds time to do some consulting and he serves on advisory boards and does that kind of thing. So, uh, hey, Jason, thanks again. I've been looking forward to doing this one uh, a while. So welcome to the Cutlass Podcast. Well, thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. I've admired your leadership and your dedication to the Chiefs Mess for many years. And you were coaching me back when I was on active duty. So it's a, a real thrill for me to be here with you as well. Yeah. And like I mentioned, I, I always had this thought of like, hey, I want to get them on. But you know, I had to pause the podcast for a little bit when I rolled into my new job. So I'm finally getting up and going. So I'm great. And I think, uh, I think you definitely have some more flexibility now that you're uh, retired. I think yeah. I know that mass chief yeah. job kept you busy. Yeah. Um, so how's, how's life after retirement? You know, it's really good. Uh, I don't have to worry about whether or not my uniform's ready. You know, I try not to bring my, my cell phone everywhere with me anymore. I just, uh, a lot, a lot, uh, you can focus on some of the things that are more important to you in life and, and start to put your thoughts down and, and really engage in a different kind of different fashion. Uh, really enjoying it. I see you got your instruments behind you. I'm sure you're re enjoying retirement too. Uh, able to, to get out to your hobbies a little bit more, which is, uh, which is always nice. Yeah. It's amazing how the time, I mean, I'm still busy, probably busier than I expected to be, but that's all right. It's, uh, it's doing rewarding stuff. And I think that's kind of, as long as you have that, you can stay passionate, right? That's right. So let's, uh, before we get into uh, the topic, which is really, you know, I asked you to talk about your leadership lessons learned. You served a lot of time. Uh, it was over 30 years, correct? 34. 34. So there's a lot of learning over a 34 year career from what we would call the deck plate level all the way up to the highest levels of the Coast Guard and the Department of Defense. So I wanted you to take a few minutes because I don't think I've done that before with a guest. I've had Mashi Petty officers in the Navy on, on before, but Explain to people what the role is, who you talk to. I mean, it's not just like, hey, you know, I go in, I jump on, you know, the commandant's desk and tell them what we need to do. This is a very complicated position with a lot of influence and and sometimes some organizational barriers. So if you could just give an oversight on what the job's about. Yeah, thanks. So, you know, really uh, very blessed to have been able to serve as you, uh, as you move up in the, in the Navy or in the Coast Guard. You, your sphere of influence grows, which which is exciting. It, it means that you are able to leverage your experience, your knowledge, uh, and and uh, your wisdom to to help others. And that's all we want as a chief mess and as a chief. That's all you really want to do is to is to serve others and help others. That's the the true meaning of greatness is how many people you get to help. So, uh, is serving as a master chief of the Coast Guard, you have the opportunity really to help everybody in the Coast Guard and even some retirees and. You know, everybody, families, everybody affected that, that's, a, you know, uh, in, in, the, in your sphere of influence, which is a lot. So, uh, you know, the, the good thing is, is when you move up, you know, when you're, you know, when you're a chief and, and you're kind of advising a lieutenant commander or a lieutenant or whatever, they, they probably need some rudder. They need a little direction. You know, they need your advice. But when you're, when you're working for a four star, you know, they didn't get there yesterday. So they, they, Oftentimes, you don't. If you're standing on their desk, something is probably wrong. You, you know, there's something probably way wrong. So you don't. 
fortunately, I, I never really had to do that. I never had to tell the commandant that, you know, hey, he was doing something wrong or anything. He's, he's pretty smart. But what you do is, is you uh, are kind of the connective tissue. So you're listening, you, you're in a lot of meetings and a lot of, at a lot of different levels that the commandant can't be in. So you, you know, a lot of times the commandant looked at me and said, you know, I'm looking at these different courses of action that are being presented to me, and it feels like I don't love any of them. Can you kind of tell me how we got here? And I can tell him, well, at this level of a meeting, we, you know, this was discussed and this was the, the best idea here. So you get to kind of, you, you, you get to tell the commandant kind of how we got to where we got to and, and then let the commandant decide what the best course of action is. Uh, and, and then once the decisions are made or, or look like they're going to be made, you can tell the commandant, this is the second, third order effects on the workforce that I'm not sure people are taking into consideration. Or, you know, you, you can tell them, hey, this is going to be uh, 80% positive, but I think about 20% of the workforce is not going to love this. Uh, and this is why. And then after the decisions made, we implement the policy. You travel around and talk to people about the decisions and about the policy changes and understand, you know, what the effects are, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly of everything going on uh, with the workforce, and then come back and, and, and share that with the commandant. So it, it, it you know, it, it colors the, the, the decision-making of the, of the future. So uh, I, it's just a very, very rewarding job, uh, and you, you really get to go around, and then you can also explain why. So that, that was, I think, the, the biggest thing. You go into chief's calls, and, you know, they're like, why are we doing this? What, you know, what was the thought process? And then you can explain uh, the reasoning and the thought process behind things. Or if something's not being done, you can explain why something's not being done. So you get to, you know, you get to, to be kind of the answer person. You get to go around and kind of tell everybody, you know, what's going on and why things are happening and then understand what, what the cause and effect are of that and then advise the commandant. So, um, you know, I loved it. It was, uh, we had, uh, you know, it, it, the Department of Homeland Security had a lapse in appropriations. So, you know, right out of the gate, you know, we're dealing with folks that, are, you know, are missing some paycheck, you know, their paychecks are in jeopardy. We actually missed one pay payday. Uh, and then we had, you know, so the, you know, we had the election and then we had a lot of social justice things that were going on. And then we had uh, the, the pandemic. And, you know, a record hurricane season, wildfires out in the West Coast. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of bad things, a lot of challenges that we had uh, to work through. And it kept me pretty busy. But uh, I, I tell you, I, you know, I didn't need an alarm clock. I woke up on my own every morning and ran into work because it was, the work was just so rewarding. And I really enjoyed what I did in spite of all the challenges. So uh, I, you can't. There's nothing compares to that. Uh, you know, you being a fleet, you know, fleet force master chief, you, you kind of know that your sphere of influence was huge. And, uh, you know, that's just a, the, the, the bigger your sphere of influence is, the more people you can help, the, the more exciting, the more rewarding the job is. Uh, and I, I'm, uh, uh, I think, I hope everybody aspires to, to serve at the highest level of the, or, the organizational will allow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
And I definitely want to interview some others too, you know, former MECPON, because I think it's a kind of cool perspective. People don't fully get it, it has evolved over time. Yes. Um, but it comes from with some frustrations as well. And it comes with some, you know, things you don't expect, right? Like when you get up there and you got, oh, there's Congress that's in the, in the mix. Yes. And there's a secretary for you guys, Homeland Defense and his undersecretaries and staff. Like this just isn't the military, right? The military is run by civilians. So there's a huge civilian piece that you got to get right. into, but um, so great stuff for another time. I appreciate that overview. So let's talk about these leadership lessons learned. So a lot of time, I know you probably learned a ton more than these. Um, and before we go, I'll frame it under, um, for those who watch or listen to the podcast, uh, I kind of build this out and try to frame these conversations or align them into one of five kind of uh, five point frameworks. So number one is to develop and build eight power bases. Uh, number two is to learn how to wield 10 influence tactics with those power bases, Number three is to, to build and use a strong suite of communication skills. And that's everything from listening to speaking to writing skills. And number four, being able to understand and apply situational leadership. And we're definitely going to get into that with some of the lessons learned you talked about. And then number five is um, getting feedback through coaching um, and things like that and reflecting to improve your leadership performance. So I think two big ones here, we're going to definitely talk about power bases and personal power and also the situational leadership and how it applies. So, so the first one you sent me is leading yourself is the most important aspect of leadership. If you can't hold yourself to high standards, you can't hold anyone else. So how or why, uh, what inspired this lessons learned? Uh, was it a situation, was it a book or a series of situations? So over to you. Well, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. So, you know, in the Coast Guard, in the leadership development framework of the Coast Guard, there's four major tenets that the other uh, categories fall under. And the first one is leading self. Leading self, leading others, leading performance and change, and leading the Coast Guard. So uh, leading self is the, is the first and primary. It's the most important. Uh, when I was uh, E4, E5, I did not think I was long for the Coast Guard. I, I uh, didn't intend to do a career. Um, but, uh, as I got married and had kids and it just felt stable, it felt like a good, good move. And I was enjoying the work that I did. So, uh, so I decided to stick with it. I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't lead myself very well. I, 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 I did what I needed to do to get the job done. I was, you know, pr probably pretty average. And, uh, I, then I had the opportunity to work for a master chief. I'll give his name cause I love him to death. His name's Mark Schweiger. And uh, Mark was, uh, he, I worked on a, a, a river tender, a buoy tender, setting buoys, and uh, uh, he pushed me. He started pushing me. He was the first person to really demand more of me than I was already giving. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a trouble. I didn't cause trouble or anything. I didn't have any, you know, behavioral performance issues. I just wasn't really trying that hard. And he started pushing me, and he showed me how important it was to, you know, intrinsically want to do better, you know, not have to, you know, he made it so that why don't you want to do better? Why don't you feel the need on your own to want to be better? Why is it, why am I having to push you? I should not have to tell you to want to do, to be better than you are right now. And, and I thought, yeah, you're right. That's a, that's, that's a good point. So he, you know, he started, you know, is that the best you can do? Is that, do you feel like you've did, done your best? Do you feel like you, Worked as hard as you could have on that. Do you feel it? Uh, I, 
he started challenging me and, and I started understanding the importance of, of we, you know, nobody should have to tell me to, to be the best I can possibly be. That should come from inside. And uh, so <clears throat> then I started recognizing that when I did my best, others tried harder. They then, and also I could push them and, and ask more of them because I was pushing myself and asking the most of myself. So it, it, uh, it, you know, it, it is a great way to instill strong leadership in others is when you, when you demonstrate that on your own. And when you say, Hey, you know, I, I demand the highest of myself. So I would expect you to do the same. And I'm going to expect that of you. Uh, and then they start leading themselves. And when they're leading themselves, you don't have to spend as much time on them. So leading others becomes a whole lot easier when you can lead yourself and then set the role model, set the example for them. That's one person you don't have to worry about anymore. Now you can focus yourself on, focus your leadership on folks that either have a, you know, an ability or a willingness issue. And instead of, you know, the, the, you know, every, you know, trying to be every, uh, leading everybody, uh, you set the example. And so now you really just have to, to, to get after a few people that need some help. So that's, that's, that's why, that's why I, 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 I focus on that first. And I, did, I, when I talk to folks and I talk to cheese messes, I said, you know, if you're not setting the example, if you're not leading yourself, it's going to be very difficult for you to lead others. Absolutely. I love that too. So, you know, we do talk about as a leader, you influence in several directions, right? So people typically think, hey, it's the kind of boss model. I lead down and influence the people, but you influence your peers, you influence your boss. Uh, but most importantly, to your, to your point, right? I love how you package that leading self. Um, and if you're doing that, you will inspire people to want to do their best. So yeah. awesome stuff. All Thanks. right. Number two. Um, stay hungry for more responsibility and you will remember to be a role model. I think this ties in a little bit of what you said there. So, um, build up a little bit of with that, with an example, if you can. So, uh, you know, when I was on the ship, I could have just done my job. I could have just, just done, done the job that, that I was on the ship through my primary billet, my damage control billet, whatever. I could have just done that. But, uh, I, I endeavored to do more. I, again, leading myself, trying to give, trying to push myself to, to be the best I could possibly be, the best chief, the best petty officer I could possibly be. I, uh, I took on, you know, a lot of duties, I, you know, law enforcement duties, helicopter control, landing signals officer, you know, all, you know, damage control training team, you know, morale, you know, you know, doing as much as I possibly could. Uh, in fact, in some cases, I probably overextended myself and I had to, you know, I figured out I, I, I can't do all this uh, and do a good job at all of it. So you have to figure out what you can do. But uh, always strive for more responsibility. And if you can handle that, more will be given to you. And if you want to be a, a CMC one day, you can't just be good at your job. Uh, the your your the o sixes and 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 flag officers that you'll work for uh always want to see that you can lead across departments across divisions you can lead up and you know as you as you just said you can lead up and down and that you're uh you're constantly striving for more responsibility 
one of the one of the things when I was a Mashi Paris of the Coast Guard, I, uh, you know, I would get a call from uh, uh, captains and and uh, admirals that were going to be hiring command master chiefs, and they would ask me about a, an individual. You know, hey, what do you know about this individual? And I I would say, you know, they're great. I w- you wouldn't have their name in front of you if they weren't. And they say, they invariably always ask, do they want to do do they want to be you one day? Do they want to be the master chief of the Coast Guard? And if I couldn't answer that question for them, you know, wholeheartedly, uh, I would tell them, I don't know. And, uh, and that was one of the worst things you could say at an interview is, you know, I'm, I'm really happy just being the command master chief at, at X level uh, because, you know, they just, that, that's not what they want to hear. They want to hear, I want to be the master chief of the Coast Guard one day. And I see this as a stepping stone to that, to that position. And, uh, uh, I, you know, that's, that's where, you know, flag officers and, and your senior officers, the really successful people in the organization, they're constantly striving for more responsibility. They're not happy with where they're at. And so you should be too. And, uh, you know, when you, when it's evident that you're pushing yourself, that you're doing it, people will, they, they will help you. Successful people attract other successful people. And constantly striving for more responsibility shows that you're not happy. You want you you succeed. You see success as something you still are working towards and still trying to attain. And people love that, and they will constantly. But if you feel like, well, I've arrived, I've made it, I'm good, I'm really happy where I am in the organization. That's where you're going to be. That's where you're going to stay. And you'll be surprised at the people that you attract to that. uh, And and it's, it's not the best. You're not getting the best when you when you announce that you've arrived and you're happy with your status in the organization. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, awesome points. So, some things I wrote down. Uh, so, responsibility. You know, you can take on too much too, right? So we see yeah. that sometimes. So you got to be balanced too. So don't take responsibilities that you just can't handle, um, especially when they're management responsibilities and you get into a lot of pl- planning, organizing. Um, just be careful with that. I've seen people take on too much too. And then, um, can you do one or two things really well, or can you do 10 things half-ass frankly? Right. right? So you don't want to get into that situation either. Yeah, I've done that. In fact, my wife told me, Hey, you know, I would sit on my couch in the morning and say, Hey, I do not want to go to work. I got so much to do. I'm behind. This is not good. And then, then your performance starts to go down a little bit and you're actually counterproductive. You're, you're, you want to get more, you want to take on more responsibility, but you stretch yourself so thin that you can't you you can't be good at it, and then you have to go to the XO and say, XO, sorry, you know I've taken on too much here. I kind of need to find somebody to relieve me of this or that, so I can really focus on being yeah. good at the, a few things. So yes, and that's why I took a pause on on you know Cutlass Podcast because I was in in that new position, traveling a lot. I had I, you know I was like this is my primary position. This is my job. Um, this is my major responsibility. So I have to put my hundred percent focus. Uh, and then once I got into that and I learned it and I got efficient with it, um, we're organized, we're planned. I got people that can help now. Now I'm like, okay, now I found the breathing room. So as you grow into a new position, again, focus on that primary position and then get good at it, get efficient, and then look for these other opportunities. I also wrote down talent management, right? Cause that came out, right? So yes. Um, I am investing in you from the, you know, from the strategic perspective. When I see talent, I want to put it where it needs to be used best. So if I see knowledge, skills, abilities in you, people will come looking for those things and develop them in you. 
Um, and in many cases, you don't even see it in yourself, right? Um, uh, I just think to your point, I think that's a big thing there is like, don't be surprised, but people are watching. People see stuff in you you don't see. So if you think you've arrived, um, don't be your own worst enemy with that attitude, right? right? Uh, right. And that's going to lend itself to complacency. Oh, I've arrived. I've got this. Um, when you grow into a new position, you can li listen to the episode I did on that. That The skills and the knowledge, um, the connections you had in that former position are probably not good enough, right? So when you were the Mashi Petty of the Coast Guard, what you did as a chief on a cutter, those skills weren't going to get it done, right? No. Oh, no. You, you're, you're, you're fully committed. So the other, the other thing, too, is you have to understand that as you move up in the organization, now, it, you, you're full, I mean, Saturdays, Sundays, nights, weekend, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You're, you know, you're, I, uh, when, I first, when I first got selected to be a command master, uh, it was a region level kind of, I was working for a, a two-star and uh in seattle and the admiral who was close to me at the time he says uh he says hey are you are you all in and i said absolutely admiral of course i'm all in he was no 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 no. are you all in because you're about to be all in uh for the coast guard and i said yeah yeah of course and i didn't get it i did not understand what he meant until I was working weekends, I was working nights, I was in uniform almost every day, and I thought, wow, okay, I went from being a Monday to Friday, every now and then I might have to do something on a weekend to, you know, all the time, And uh, but it was rewarding, it's very rewarding, it, you know, at first, you, you know, I almost had to catch myself going, man, I, I remember Admiral Brown saying, am I all in, and sure enough, uh, that was, uh, he was right. But it's like I said, there's no better feeling than ha than being so engaged in, in making a difference. Yep. And I think that's what Matt, when you get into so the and again, you know, just to put this in context, um, and I tell people some days you're in those positions, you know, be careful what you ask for. Um, so there's great things about it. There's a lot of influence there, but there's the one of the frustrations is things don't move as quickly, right? So that deck plate level position or that team leader position. I knew every day working like, hey, we got this maintenance done, we trained, we, you, you could see that daily direct result as you move up into those broader organizational roles, uh, again, shaping policy and things. Sometimes these things take years, so um, you've got to be all in and be able to crash in that line over and over again. Oh, yeah. Um, and then one other point I wrote, and then we'll go to the next one. Um, so I think people, it's your perspective as a leader, so you gave your perspective as being developed, um, but... I think people come to work and want to do well, right? So as an organization, how do you view your people, right? Especially in the military, do you see them as these you know, young kids that just need to be told what to do all the time? Or do you look like that mass chief did with you? Do, you? do you empower them? Do you challenge them? Do you encourage and inspire them? And then do you reward them? And then find these positions. When you see talent, what do you do with it? Uh, not just for the you know benefit of the person who wants to move up Maslow's hierarchy, but also for the benefit of the organization, right? Hey, I know here's a person who's got great knowledge, skills, and abilities and could do great things. Um, again, from the leader perspective, think about how you view your people. Yeah. Um, and I think that sets your attitude. And, and we see that, right? You see leaders that have that cynical attitude and um, they, I think they tend to see that, that kind of person that takes, you know, that requires more leadership and encouragement and stuff like that is the norm instead of maybe not the norm. Yeah. Um, 
All right, and so I, you're a big fan of John Maxwell. Yeah, we'll talk about that at the end, right? Because um, when I go through the resources you offer, you, you basically said all John Maxwell books. So I've read yes. a few of those. But his goal, it says John Maxwell, leadership goal, don't send your ducks to Eagle School. Yeah. Know your people and help them work to their strengths. So I had not heard that one before. So what's that one about? So, so uh, John, John Maxwell, wrote, he has a book called Leadership Gold. And in there, there's a, there's a story in there about don't send your ducks to Eagle school, you know, it, and it's, it, it's deeper than that. They talk, he talks, he, he draws a, an allegory of different animals and, you know, you wouldn't ask a, you know, a squirrel to do something. You wouldn't ask a, you know, a cow to, you know, there's certain things you wouldn't ask these animals to do. And, uh, you, you know, if you're trying to be, you know, and, and I know equity is a big thing in the organization right now. And equity is a good thing. Equity is good. You know, when you try to treat everybody equal, you know, if you say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to be agnostic to somebody's strengths and I'm just going to put them, they're going to ask them to do things that I know they're not that good at doing. You're probably not going to achieve a great, a great result and you're not going to be happy and they're not going to be happy either. So understanding your people's strengths and making sure that you, um, you know, if you asked a, you know, if you ask the eagle to land on a pond and paddle around, they're not going to do a very good job. But and if you ask a duck to fly and you know try to be a bird of prey, they're not going to do a very good job of that either. But they are both good at what they do. Um, and so, you, you know, that was the thing that I think I started. Uh, it, it, it goes along with the, uh, something else I sent you too, that which is. Um, you know, make sure that, you know, when you, when you, you, that you know your people, uh, in that, you know, what they're good at, you know, what, what, what's going to make them happy doing, and then don't make them bend to your leadership style. Make sure that you understand them and that, uh, you know, you're not just saying, Hey, too bad. You know, you, you have to do the, what I, you know, do what I tell you to do and don't question or anything like that. Let them, let them ask questions. You don't like to have your authority questioned, but asking questions is, there's nothing wrong with that. And then, you know, understanding your people will make you successful and it will make them successful. And if you make sure it, and it doesn't mean just letting people do whatever they only want to do that, you know, obviously you can't do that. But if you, if they have something, you know, uh, you know, for example, in the galley, you've got people that are really good at baking and you have people good, really good at sauce making. You have people really good at grilling. You have people really good. And, you, you know, if somebody hates baking, you're not going to put them on as a night baker. I mean, that's just, you, you're not, that's just not good. You know, uh, now if everybody hates baking, then you probably have to figure out, you know, probably have to figure something out. But, uh, you know, if somebody's like, Hey, I, I kind of like this. I want to get better at it. I'm not that great right now, but uh, you know, it, it, it interests me. Set them up, let them, let them do it. But they, and they have to be willing to come to you to tell you that that's the other thing too, is you either have to ask them or they have to, you have to have a relationship with them where they're willing to come and tell you. Uh, and they have in the way they're going to come and tell you is that they know you care is they know you're going to do something about it. If you just said, if they said, Hey, you know, chief, I really like doing this. And you, that's nice. Everybody, you know, everybody's going to have to, everybody's going to get a chance to do that. Don't think that I'm just going to put you in. Then they're like, well, it doesn't matter what I like. The chief doesn't really care what I like. They don't really care if, uh, if, you know, if I'm doing what I want to do, I guess everybody's going to have to take a turn. Um, that's probably not 
that's probably not the best uh, leadership style, in my opinion. Uh, and you'll get a lot more out of your, you'll get a, you'll get a higher quality product, a lot better result. You'll be happier. You'll be able to take your, again, you're not spending your time trying to lead everybody. You're letting people work to their strengths and, uh, it's just going to make your whole division, your whole department look better. Uh, but again, you have to know what that is and they, and you either have to ask them or they have to feel comfortable to come tell you. And the only way they'll do that is if they know that you're going to act on it. Uh, you know, there's a, I can remember being a petty officer and, you know, saying, Hey, I, I want to do law enforcement. I want to, you know, I want to get trained up to do law enforcement. And I, that's nice. You know, go back to work. Uh, and I thought, well, it doesn't, I, I'm not going to tell them anything I like to do because they don't care. Uh, so, and, and, you know, when we talk about, we talk about retention in the military right now, we talk about, you know, recruiting and retention, you know, the, the, a good way to help recruiting is to retain the folks you got. The way, the way you retain the folks you have is by working, you know, helping them work to their strengths. Uh, and that's the chief's job. In my opinion, that's the chief's job is just to, to get to know their people and to make sure they're, pe- it's not just not making just sure that sure. they, that, you know, they have the, you know, the work lifestyle, you know, that, that they, they're, you know, they're, there's need, you know, their medical health, you know, that's good. You know, you want to make sure they have all that stuff, but really to make sure that they're, you know, they're on a career projection and trajectory that they uh, are going to be happy with. So, I, yeah. Um, back to talent management, right. It, and it can be difficult, like you said, in the military, right. When you enlist and you join a rating that, you think sounds good and then you get in and see the reality of it. Um, doesn't mean there's not something in there. So right. for, for Navy and military purposes, MOS rating, there are still other opportunities for people to leverage that. So maybe I can't get you out of a rating. Maybe there is an opportunity to convert you over to something else. Um, I know in the Navy, we had things called career development boards. Those are what those things are for um, is to identify, okay, you know, Let's learn more about you. You know, you're currently in this position. Here's your career path. Here's the track. Here's what it looks like. But identifying these other skills that can be applied, perhaps in a collateral duty, you yep, know, somewhere exactly. doing some on a command training team, right? There's great things to do. Um, I'll, personally, I was a Navy nuke, right? I was an electrician's mate. Sounded all cool. Um, and operating a nuclear power plant was cool. And, you know, operating a 4160 volt electrical distribution system was pretty cool. But I found my affinity was towards education and training, right? So I, whenever I had a chance to do training or education, I just felt myself drawn to that more than operations and maintenance. Um, and I ended up doing an instructor tour. And then, you know, the billets I found myself in were always education and training. I think that's why I was able to thrive where my natural affinity and skills to educate blended with the need of the organization. It all came together. Um, so it works. So again, back to that and, and taking time with your people to figure out, you know, and we're not saying an Eagle is better than a duck, right? They each have their strengths no, and weaknesses, no, but no, how you yeah. apply them, um, just taking some time to learn your people. So I think that, uh, you know, again, don't just be dismissive and this is how it is. And that old military mindset, I think that philosophy should be changing by now. Right. Um, right. not as we would call it, STFU leadership. <laughs> um, shut the f up and just do as i tell you right you're yeah. going to shut your people off um that's not inspiring that's not motivating it's not what's best for the organization so um all right uh let's jump up make sure people always want more of you not less yes. if you don't know if they want more of you you should so how do you know or find out if they want more of you 
Well, you can ask, but but that, that's probably not going to be all that accurate, especially if they if they're afraid of you. But the self awareness is critical to good leadership. You have to know what other you have to know what your strengths are. You have to understand yourself, and you, you know if you if if you walk up and there's a group of people there, and within a few within thirty seconds or so, people start walking away. Yeah, I want to ask yourself. Hmm, I wonder why that is. Uh, if uh, you know, if if you just need to know whether or not people. And the other thing too is, don't don't talk to you. Just don't just just make make people wanting more of you. Oh gosh, I hope the chief come back. Chief comes back around, or gosh, I really uh, I really want to go talk to the chief about something, or uh, you know that. If you find that people are coming to you and asking you questions and talking to you and getting your advice, they probably want more of you. If you feel like you're constantly having to give people advice and you're constantly having to tell people what you think they need to hear, they probably they may want less of you. Uh, you know, and that's just something you have to you have to know about yourself. And uh, I. I said this at my it was you know my retirement remarks. I didn't want to you know wasn't trying to make it about me. I was trying to make it about a few lessons that I learned. And uh, you know if, if if you don't know, I worked. I'm not gonna not gonna name. I worked with a chief who I chewed my arm off to get away from every chance I could, just because I did. I wanted to be around that person as little as possible, and uh, they didn't know it. They 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 thought they were awesome. They thought they were everybody's best friend. They thought everybody wanted to hear everything they had to say. And you know, it was like you know, they were, it was this person was the the most unself aware, you know, least self aware person I ever met. And I, uh, you know, I just I I I think that you need to know, you need to understand yourself. I mean, there's always the you try to do the anonymous 360 feedback, but that's that's hit or miss. And and even then, people are sometimes reluctant to, you know, unless they really care and they really want to try to help you. But this also goes back to you wanting to be the best you could be. Uh, so if you you know if you're honest with yourself and you say, you know, I think people would rather you know rather have less of me than more of me, or they you know I I get the sense that you know, people, they go to my colleague for advice. They go to, you know, another chief for advice all the time, or they're always coming in for this other chief. And I'm rarely giving anybody advice, just unsolicited. They come to me and I mean, you know, they just come in on their own solicited advice, rather not unsolicited, but they, they come to me. Um, I think you might ask yourself, you know, why is that? Why, why are they, uh, you know why are some of people, especially if it, they're in your division or your department, and they're they're going to somebody else? You 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 need it, and then and then try to if you are humble enough and you are you care enough, you'll try to find you know what it, do I talk too much? Do I am I too opinionated? Do I tell them things they don't want to hear? Do I you know and uh, you know what is that? you know, what is the driver of that? And then look at, look at your fellow chiefs and say, what about them? Do people, why do people want to go talk to them? Uh, 
and again, this you have to want that. I mean, I I know I know chiefs that didn't care. They're like, well, if they don't like it, I don't care. If they don't like the way I am, or they don't like what I have to say say to them, I don't care. Okay, uh, you know that's not a that's not a good recipe for success in life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I jotted down. EI, emotional intelligence, right? Yes. So that's where that comes into place, right? Yes. Being able to, how are people receiving what I'm putting out? Yep. Um, and it may not be, you might have the best intent, but um, you know, I know I had, you know, kind of RBF, kind of, and I told people like, hey, I, when I come into a room, my face will look severe. It doesn't mean <laughs> I'm mad, right? Um, but I had to know like, hey, you know, you can be off-putting because you come in so intense. And I'm like, okay, got it. So that just drove a conversation up front, like, hey, you know, whether with a division or a team or a one-on-one with a new person, like, hey, just know, you know, and once they got it, they got it, right? So, um, but, but yeah, I love cared. that. Yes. You knew. Yep. You, 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 were, you were willing to, to take that feedback and you knew that about yourself. And then not only did you know, you didn't say, well, you just have to deal with that because I'm the master chief. So you, you said, I don't want you to feel that way. I, I. I, I, my mind's going a lot. I'm, I'm thinking about a lot at one time and what the expression on my face is, isn't always one of them. So, yep. you know, you know, please bear with me and just know that I'm really happy to be here. Yep. And that, you know, but you have to, I mean, that's a skill. That is a, that is a skill yep. uh, that, that, that is a leadership skill that you developed and that's awesome. So. Yep. Um, and then, you know, taking time to get the feedback or one-on-ones, right? Hey, just make time for people, right? Just, you know, if you just make that time, you know, you walk around a lot, like when you find that opportunity, talk with people one-on-one and, and, you know, Jason and I are talking, you know, we're talking chiefs mess and military, but again, this, these conversations go into civilian organizations as well. If you're a oh, leader sure. or growing and it doesn't matter what level of leader, new leader, experienced leader in new positions, these things still mad or matter. And then finally I said, you know, are you adding value? Right. Yeah. So in your position, are you adding value to the organization and that's what people will look for. Like the people yes. that follow you, are you adding value to them through, you know, encouragement, again, um, managerial expertise, right? The ability to help them get resources when they need it, right. um, to help deconflict, to help, you know, be the barrier between leadership and them to feedback their concerns, right? When they see you're adding value like that, this doesn't mean just running around being their cheerleader, right? And kind of the, hey, you know, team, let's kind of hoorah it. Um, that there's a piece to that, but you can be straight up and get a lot of things done and have strong managerial skills and add great value to your team. And, and I want to, I want to say, uh, all right, if you can, can you hear me? Yeah. I want to say something that you mentioned briefly, but it often gets overlooked is, is recognition. One of the things a leader does is recognize their people. And, and a lot of times that is the, we get busy, you know, we get overcome by events, we get, you know, things happen and, we forget to, to, do, to do the recognition. And that's one of the biggest things you can do to make people want more of you is to uh, work on recognizing your people. Work on, you know, they will want more of you if they know you're going to recognize the good work that they're doing. And uh, if you fail to recognize them, they will not, you'll have, you'll have, trouble getting them to do the same, give the same level of effort in the future. So I, I always, you, you mentioned it yeah. earlier. And, and it I doesn't thought, have well, to be complicated. 
right? right. Just walking by and praising them. It, it, right, correct. Right. Um, all right. And uh, last one you offered. Correct. <laughs> um, always seek first to understand, then be understood. So what's your thoughts on this? And then so, what can inhibit people from doing this? So that, that is, um, you know, one of the, one of the ways you can break trust uh, with your people is to jump to conclusions. So if you feel like uh, you understand a situation sooner, you know, before you truly do understand it, you're going to, you, you're, you're going to break trust with your people. And, and, and having trust is the most important thing you can do. Uh, if your people trust you, you don't have to explain yourself all the time. If they trust you, they will work hard for you. If they trust you, there's a lot that they can, that, that uh, goes to with trust. But if you start, you know, if somebody's late for work a couple of times and you just jump in on them, jump, jump on them without trying to understand what's going on, um, they, that's, you'll lose their trust. Uh, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a firm believer in ask questions. Don't jump to conclusions. Take the time that you need to understand a situation before you make a decision or before you, you start uh, trying to correct behavior. So uh, that's, that's, that's that. I hate to I hate to break the chi of the podcast, but I, I lost the audio. Yeah, I don't think you. And, and, yeah, I've got it now. Um, okay. Yeah, there's some pixelating in and out, so I'll have to yeah. edit that that whole last section. Sorry. You were dropping out. Yeah, my my computer's um, telling me that they're all right. That so all right, final thoughts and the kind of things you would recommend to people. Okay, uh, so first off. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for writing the Chief Pay Officer Guide. I love that. I, I use that frequently when I was a Master Chief Pay Officer of the Coast Guard. It doesn't apply just to chiefs. It applies to, to all leaders. Uh, I, you know, leadership is critically important to the success of the military, to the success of any organization. And if you understand yourself, if you're self-aware, if you lead yourself, and if you can can role model behavior for others, you will, your leadership life will be so much easier and people will love you. There's not much more rewarding than having somebody call you back five years later and say, Hey, I just want to tell you how successful I've been. And I attribute that to your leadership, to your role model, because at the end of the day, leadership is really about being a role model. It's about getting others to, to do what you need them to do. Um, without really having to, 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 you know, because they want to do it. And, and to do that, if you, you really need to role model that behavior, you need to understand yourself. You need to make sure that you're the type of leader that other people want to be. Uh, and, you know, everything else will come easy after that. Your, your technical proficiency, your, your intelligence and knowledge, all that is secondary to your attitude to your to the way you treat others and to your ability to to demonstrate the behavior that you're looking for in others that is that if you can get that right everything else will work itself out 
Somebody will be smart. Somebody will always be more intelligent than you. They'll always be more technically proficient. They'll always be, you know, more, you know, policy smart. But it, but when it comes down to leading others into being successful, it's it's about attitude. It's about personality. It's about you know having self discipline and you know role model and the behavior that you're looking for in others. Over. Awesome. I think that's a great way to wrap it up. Um, you've offered a ton and I appreciate it. I think that's a lot for our audience to think about, digest, and hopefully take in and apply to make uh, their leadership skills and management skills better. So Jason, thanks again for taking some time to join me. Oh, thank you. Thank, thanks, Paul. Oh, thank you. Thank, thanks, Paul. All right, everyone, that'll do it for uh, another episode of the Cutlass Podcast. To learn more about this topic or the topics we've discussed, uh, there's a lot of content in the Chief Petty Officer's Guide and the New Petty Officer's Guide. Both of those you can get through the U.S. Naval Institute. Just check out their book section. Uh, and Jason listed some other resources and books uh, as well. So uh, check those out. I'll drop those in the episode description. And then if you like what you hear, of course, like, subscribe, comment uh, on the Cutlass Podcast. Uh, and the YouTube channel that I've got this pop, you know, building now on, uh, Paul's Cutlass Classroom. Help me spread this content to those who can use it to improve. Uh, again, work hard. Take what we've offered today. Uh, work hard to keep that leadership cutlass sharp. Reflect, improve, and then take what you learn to become a sturdy, versatile, incredible leader who dares to make a positive difference. And we'll see you in the next episode.